And you save $5 billion. Just by getting rid of a bunch of dumbasses who have way too many degrees, who are spending $55 billion a year and doing absolutely nothing. That's probably the best place to kick off the show. This is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. That was producer Niles Thornburg. And if you want to hear more from him and producer Kate, then stick around. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Well then, how are you all doing? Thanks for sticking with us. This is the 15th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Thank you for tuning in and listening yet again. Please do me a favor, either before or after you listen, hit the subscribe button and also share this with everyone that you know and everyone that you don't know. Just share it, get the word out, spread the message. Be a part of the show by letting others know. All right, folks, at the beginning of the episode, you heard a quick little blurb from producer Niles, and we have a real treat for you all today. We have a roundtable discussion between producer Niles, producer Kate, husband and wife team, and myself, just talking about a little bit of everything, really. But basically, what we're going to be discussing is attempting to bridge the divide. It's no secret that I consider myself a Republican or a conservative, but mostly, honestly, I'm morphing into a right-leaning libertarian. Now, for those of you that do not know, Kate and Niles, the producers for the show, are both Democrats. And I guess maybe we could say they're actually left-leaning libertarians. But the biggest thing is, maybe we're just all common-sense citizens that want the best for our communities. That fits better than anything. So, what we decided to do was to sit down together, have a little discussion. It goes on for right at about an hour so it's going to be a little bit longer show by about 10 minutes but please stick with us until the end because you're not going to want to miss a second of the discussion today's episode is something that we just decided to try i think it plays very well 
And depending on how it goes and how you all interact with it, we might do it from time to time. I definitely am going to pull one or both of them on at different times for different things as we move along throughout the life of this show. But this was a special sit-down so that we could show you that people with different beliefs, different opinions, can sit down, have a discussion, and attempt to do what's right. So, sit back, pour yourself your favorite adult beverage, or get yourself a snack, put this on in the car, take off on your jog, and let's hear what producers Niles and Kate Thornburg and I have to babble on about. You're listening to Perception is Reality, on perception.fireside.fm. Enjoy. And now, Perception is Reality, with your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. I want to welcome Kate and Niles, and we're going to run this basically just as a free-form roundtable discussion, and maybe it'll be a train wreck, but maybe it'll be a masterpiece. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's uh, welcome. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having us. Very good. So, you know, just kind of like we've always talked, we get together periodically and, and discuss things for the show and obviously discuss things outside of the show and for those that don't know or are just joining us on the show all three of us have ran for local political office sometime in our life and most recently Niles ran for mayor of Winchester as a Democrat and as a Republican I supported him last year Kate ran for County Council of Randolph County as a Democrat and As a Republican, I openly supported her, and I've ran for city council and county clerk, both as a Republican for city council, and many, many years ago, I ran as a Democrat for county clerk in Delaware County. So I think that we kind of cover all of those aspects, but um, give me your take on what you think, you know, citizens need to know to try to get engaged and how we can better bridge the divide, so to speak, between what people think in their mind as Republicans or Democrats? Well, I think a big problem is is that everybody seems to put their focus on party rather than the community as a whole. Growing up, I was a Republican. You know, gays are all going to hell and abortion is a horrible thing and, you know, very, very far right wing. And then I got married and moved away and my husband joined the military active duty and we traveled around and we met people that I wouldn't have met otherwise outside of my community and talked to people who were far left wing and far right wing. But talking to people who have a different political persuasion than I did, I learned. I grew as a person and it changed, it made me think about my own political views in a different way. Not that I changed, it just opened me up to a new way of thinking about things and, and when we focus so much on party, we close ourselves off to that opportunity to learn and to work with other people. So I think that's a really big thing that people need to understand is that just because someone has a different political view than you doesn't mean that you can't talk to them 
and take something away valuable from that conversation. Absolutely. And I, I mean, one of the things that I, I definitely harped on and said many, many times is specifically on the local and, and the state level to some, to some extent, but definitely the local level, your mayor races and your city council races and county commissioners and your county auditors and things like that, you're not really dealing with ideologies and thoughts and behaviors or practices that what it means to be a Republican matters versus Democrat. You're, you're just simply not dealing with that. So your belief in what happens on a national level with immigration or gun rights or gay marriage, you can have that belief, but that really doesn't play in your role as county auditor. You know, so I think that what, what we have going on now and, and really the reason that I've done the show is because in the world today, specifically talking 2019, you have so many people that are willing to get on and gripe about Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi, or you've got people in Michigan that's bitching about abortion laws in Georgia, and you've got Hollywood saying that they're going to stop making movies in Georgia, and it doesn't, you know, it's like, let Georgia be Georgia. If the people of Georgia want to gripe about it, that's fine. But everybody's so involved at such a macro level, I say pull some of that back in and worry more about what's going on in your home communities and your own little burgs and towns and villages. Get involved there. But when you do that, you can't apply the same kind of thinking that you do when you're on a national level. And you have to be willing to talk to Democrats or Republicans and whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. With, with what you're talking about and Kate's talking about, what the parties see is how people are, is reflected in rural America. Very much the party line. And that's in rural America. But the masses aren't tied to a party when it comes to the voting booth. They may say they are in public, but if if everyone voted the party line and the Democrat Party was as strong as they say they are, they would, we would have a Democrat president. But it's not reality, and that's why they, they struggle or they push so hard with pushing candidates and all this campaigning stuff. To me, they, they do it a lot more than the, the Republican Party is because they have an image problem, and that's at the federal level. Mm -hmm. But at the local level... People still live in the 1960s in their minds politically, the way just from being back home after traveling all over the place. People in rural America still think local politics is it's a party line. I've never voted the party line. I will never vote the party line. I believe that if you vote the party line, that you you need to reevaluate your life. Absolutely. Uh, just in, that's a that's a cop out. I don't need to think. I just vote for the it's party. Lazy. Yeah, you know, I mean, because if I lived in San Francisco, I would not vote for Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm just, you know, and, it, and it's those kind of figures actually at the federal level that that hurt the party from a Democrat, from my perspective. You can't have people worrying about Guam capsizing because of the size of a naval base on one side, and expect me to take them seriously in Congress <laughs> and all the other dumb shit that comes out of their mouths. And you want me to vote for that person? Yeah. Well, the State of the Union address really ticked me off at Democrat Party on a national level. Because you have a president standing up there, and 
like him or not, yeah. he stands up and, and I'm, I'm going to read it here. He said, together we can break decades of political stalemate. We can bridge old divisions, heal old wounds, build new coalitions, forge new solutions, and unlock the extraordinary promise of America's future. The decision is ours to make. We must choose between greatness or gridlock, results or resistance, vision or vengeance, incredible progress or pointless destruction. Tonight, I ask you to choose greatness. And I thought, whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, that is a sentiment that anybody as an American should be able to stand up and clap for. And when the entire Democrat side of that room stayed in their seats, I just completely lost respect for those people. That is something any American should be able to stand behind. Making America great, choosing to break through the gridlock, choosing to work together. And if you can't get behind that, you don't have any business being in office. Both the Democrat and the Republican Party have to realize that the majority of this country is in the middle of the road. They're not far left. They're not far right. They're right in the middle. They're moderates. Yeah. And they will vote for a Democrat. They will vote for a Republican. You know, they they think for themselves. They do their homework on their candidates. The party is irrelevant to them. Yeah. You know, I said it when I ran for mayor. And people were talking about the Republican Party. I said, you know, the party isn't everything. The, the party is a means of which to run for office. Do I associate more with the Democrat Party at a state level? On things I do. I mean, I, I, like un- I think unions built this country, and the unions have faltered in the last several decades, 30, 40 years, really. And we see it in our wages. But when you look at it from how the Democrat Party on the federal level, they shoot themselves in the foot by bitching about the president the economy's surging yeah whether you want to admit it or not so by continuing to bitch about the president all those congressmen and senators who have been sitting in office since 1980 or before yeah who have accomplished almost nothing in my entire lifetime (laughs) uh are now bitching about a guy who's never been in politics and uh industry is booming just like one of well, my, you know, and, and but this is bridging the divide between the parties is when the parties realize, hey, you know, the gig is up. Yeah. The, uh, hey, they're going to have free abortions for everyone and uh, all the, you know, non-U.S. citizens are going to come from all over the world and we're going to pay for everything. Fear mongering. And then the far left fear mongering of, you know, they're going to. They're going to take away your freedoms of choice. They're going to, if you're not a citizen, they're going to kick you out of the country. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. You, you, you can buy off the 10% of the idiots in the world, but you know there's still 80 to 90% of us left out there who can actually think, and uh, and we vote. Yeah. So yeah. Is, and, the, and the, other the act thing- right. Let's let's fix our problems, and that's whether you're Democrat or Republican. And you have a family, you, you, you want to have a house, a roof over your family's head, you want to have a car to get to work, you want to put clothes on your kids' back, and you want them to be able to eat three meals a day. Yeah. You want to be able to have insurance, a job that provides insurance, uh, some form of retirement, so that when you get older you can, you know, because the object of working your entire life and raising a family is when you hit retirement age, you can actually start to enjoy life because you just spent the majority of your <laughs> life working and paying taxes. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's that's where Democrat or Republican, in my mind, that's where both sides of the aisle, the majority of the people sit. 
But, and, and that's where the focus on politics needs to be, whether you're at a national level or a local yeah, level. Yeah. Especially at a local oh, level. Right. Because yeah. you're, that's where you're really affecting oh. people's jobs and people's lives. Yeah. You can preach about all the craziness you want to, but at the end of the day, when you pay for someone who's not a U.S. citizen to go to college, or you give them health care, you're using my money. Yep. My tax dollars that you took from me and that you continually want more, but I can't pay for my kids to go to school. Absolutely. Because you're taking all my money to pay for somebody who's not a citizen. Yeah. Or, or, you know, health insurance. And people are not stupid. That's bridging the divide. It's just, let's find some worthy candidates. Yeah. All up and down the ballot. Yes. Let's find some people who have common sense. Yeah. You know, forget your college degree. I mean, my grandfather, who made more money in the 50s, <laughs> just about, than I make now. Yes. And didn't have a college degree, referred to him as educated idiots. Yeah. Um, and he was a tradesman. But, you know, and that's how you, you can be as, you, you can have as many degrees as you want. That doesn't make you smart. Yeah, no. Well, and I think the other problem that we have, a national, state, local level, is that you have, in, instead of sitting down and having a conversation with somebody. Yeah, right. We resort to name calling. Yeah. On both sides of the aisle. Right. Oh, well, you're a racist. Oh, well, they're xenophobic. And, and oh, well, they're just stupid. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, so. or you look at it as a personal attack. You look at somebody's opinion or, or my belief or my support of a candidate or my lack of support for a candidate as a personal attack. No, I, I wish you all the luck in the world. It, because I don't want you in office or because I want John Doe in office over Jim Doe doesn't mean I think Jim Doe's a, you know, a dickhead. Doesn't mean I think I mean, maybe I do. I don't wish him ill. I don't wish him bad. It's not a personal attack. It's a it's an opinion that I hold that uh, you don't have to agree. And if I you know kind of say my opinion, you can say yes, I agree. No, I don't agree. Here's why. But you can't bash me for my opinion and think that we're going to get anywhere because everybody's on the defensive. But going back to what you said almost about that, the, the Trump speech, and this is going to be kind of crazy here and people are going to get mad. But what he did there was he showed opposites. He showed you can have this or you can have this. And what I heard was, and this might be pushing it a bit, but I heard you could have the Trump kind of way, or what they're saying is the conservative way, or you can have what these new progressives are saying. You can have feast or famine. And what he was saying at the end was the greatness is the common sense that I talk about. Let's not look at it as being a left or right or either or. Let's work together, the whole lot of us. The other thing is any president could have said that statement. A Democrat could have said that statement, and everybody should have cheered. A Republican could say that statement, and everybody should cheer. You could be a governor running for a state as a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, and anyone in your state should cheer when hearing those words. And on a local level, it's it's removing the the hardened ideology of Democrat or Republican, or and and being able to help. And a lot of times, what's what's really maddening is. Not just the Republicans that don't let the Democrats in or the Democrats that don't let the Republicans in, but when you get the infighting even within the party, the Republicans that are bitching about other Republicans or the Democrats that are not helpful to other Democrats. I mean, just to use a very close example here in our own community, 
and, and I can speak for Delaware County as well. And the same is true for Madison County, uh, which is the county seat of Anderson, Indiana. And, and I'm, I'm pretty certain I've been hearing that the same is in Wayne County, which is down in Richmond. But you have factions in the party, and using, like I said, the close example here, you have Democrats in this very county where we sit right now recording this who are close-minded to bringing other Democrats into the party. They're not working to strengthen, and what that does is that limits the candidate pool. You know, I don't know how many elections we're going to go through with empty seats. Hell, in Henry County, they didn't even have a primary this year because, and now I want to make sure that I say this, I think it's good that they didn't have the primary because don't waste the money if there's not the candidates there. But people should be rioting, and the, the Republican and Democrat Party chairman in those county should both have been booted out with their box of shit to head home, and they should both be appointing new party chairmen because they should be fostering the development of candidates to run, and you should have a good pool of candidates to run. Well, since I've pretty much pissed off every elected official in the county, and if I haven't, I mean, I'm sure I will by the end of the year. You know, I've heard a prominent figure in the Democrat Party say, you know, go along to get along, talking about, you know, with the, the Republican Party and how they tit for tat, you know, well, the way I take is we won't run somebody against you this time for this, you know. The, the backdoor deals yeah. that go on. I've been told by elected officials that, you know, politics are corrupt everywhere. And my response was, well, I don't live everywhere. I live here. Yes. And who's going to, it has to start somewhere. Some Somewhere, somebody has to start cleaning up this mess. Well, my favorite was and, the, the comment you know, about uh, uh, you need to be careful who you're talking to. Yes. Because you could get in trouble for the things Not like I ever pay attention. Uh, these people obviously that, don't know what I get for living. <laughs> but so anyway... You know, going along with what you're saying about the party growing, to me, it's just it's a power. You know, it's it's a power trip for the for some people in politics at every level, no matter how yeah. small it is. I mean, I laugh at at uh, how some people beat their chest in a, in a small rural area. I mean, you're a you're a bigger fish in a very small pond. Yes, I guess, but it's a it's a very small pond. And talking, you know, I've made a lot of statements about the Democrat Party in this county and why it's, it's, it's Winchester-centric, and it's never going to grow because we hover around Winchester, and that's not where the majority of the Democrats live. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to you get a large pool of Democrats in uh, Randolph County, then you need to start catering to Union City, where all the uh, UAW workers, or a lot of them reside, who worked, you know, for the body company for decades, expand out. But in growth, and as the party grows, if you're an asshole, you're going to get voted out eventually. So, yeah, but if or you, you should. If it's, if it's yes. about you as an yes. individual, then you want to keep it close to you. Ah, uh, yes. And, that, and, yeah. and the other thing about the Democrat Party here is if you are more moderate, mm -hmm. you're, chastised. you're chastised for it. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, we're very middle of the road. We don't yeah. agree on everything. We don't agree on everything with you. But sure. You know, we try to... I was told, well, why are you talking to that son of a bitch? Yeah. When I was talking to a Republican. Uh, uh, 
I'm sorry, they're a voter, I'm yeah. running for office, yeah. and I don't care what letter they have next to their name. Yeah. If someone wants to talk to me, I'm going to talk to them. I don't close people off because of uh, their party or their views on a national level or any of that stuff. It, it, and, it's, and it's very, very prevalent here on, on the local level to, to want to shut people out. You're not going to get anywhere doing that. Well, and and to speak on that, in a local community such as ours, where Randolph County and and Winchester in general is is really Republican, the few Democrats that are here, you're going to have to work with Republicans. You're going to have to be able to communicate with the Republicans and to talk with Republicans, Republican voters and Republican constituents. And you're going to have to be able to, to do that. And so that just absolutely makes well, sense that you would you know, that you would try. There's, there's more Democrats in the county than you would think. Yeah. They're not active because of politics because of the, in yeah. the county. There there are Republican office holders right now who are actually Democrats. But they know in order to get elected they have to run as Republican yes. to hold the seat. I mean this is this is a well known fact. Yeah. Well and to and to 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 head over the line, you know, everyone talks about uh, 214 in, in Delaware County, Delaware County Democrat. I've heard everyone say Delaware County is a Democrat stronghold. The same way that I hear people say Randolph County is a Republican stronghold. And I say not, necess- not necessarily. Muncie, the city of Muncie is Democrat strong or, or used to be or is. I, I don't know what Muncie is right now. I'll wait till but, the FBI's done. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll wait till the FBI sorts everyone out. But the county is is fairly Republican, and so it's the same way in Randolph County, and and when you're dealing in Delaware County with one massive corrupt asshole as the 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 boogeyman behind the Democrat Party, and I'm not talking about Allie Craycraft. I would be talking about Phil Nichols. The same being. The, the, the wannabe Phil Nichols from Randolph County, the Democrat Party chairman currently here, you know, he, he thinks that he, which I would be referring, and this is my own words, far left Fred Davis, is referring to himself as, you know, being this master political figure of a party in which he only won back the seat of, as the chairman with seven votes. It was, it was five to eight yeah, Five to like seven, that. something like that. I, I, I mean, twelve people voted in the party. You're, you're not. I mean, you know, you're going to have to start at some point realizing what's happening isn't working. The not communicating is not working. I was just told. I was just told last week, and I confirmed this on both the Republican and the Democrat side that the Republican candidates in Winchester are not going to communicate with me or with anyone associated with Perception is Reality or uh, Citizens for Better Government in uh, Winchester Randolph County District 33. We right now have a situation in which one person is going to be mayor and neither one of the two men running for mayor is going to have the courage, the willingness, the respect, 
to be able to sit down and talk with me. So does that mean they're not going to, I mean, I'll just go down and get the, the sign out of Betty Ashley's yard and I'll put it in my yard. Not my, And we'll switch from Sean Byron to, to Bob McCoy or Bill Richmond. So because I have been outspoken, are they not going to be my mayor? You know, you're the mayor and you're the council for the people who voted for you. You're also the mayor and the council and the elected officials for the people who didn't. And they've got to learn to play along. Maybe I could not be as divisive in my words. The reason I've been on the, the attack, if that's what they want to call it, is because that's where they have put me. They work for us. And right now I want to fire everybody. So no, no wonder they're hiding. You know, that's what you do. I would fire everybody. <laughs> I mean, the only reason that half the elected officials in the county are there is because Indiana is a very pro-politician uh, state. Yes. If we had some of the laws in Indiana that they had in Ohio, there would be some people not in office right now. And, and this goes along with the, you know, bridging the divide between the parties. They're not wanting to talk with you. They're, they're not wanting to be, they're not, and to me, as soon as you refuse to speak to someone, no matter what you think about them, you're telling me you're in this for yourself. You're not in it for the right reasons. You're in it for self-gratification, for, for maybe you want to go on to the next level. I don't know. You're obviously not in it for the right reasons. And that's what both parties need to get away from and start putting, getting candidates who, are, who want to hold an office for the right reasons. I mean, we can play this stupid game of, of you know, keep reelecting the same song and dance and, yeah. and watch the counties around us grow and prosper and watch their property taxes go down, their city taxes and county taxes go down because they're, they're taking a hold of the, the growing economy and the industrial base that's increasing and the industry is sucking up all their taxes while, you know, our county... Has the uh, we're devalued by the state, yeah. but our property taxes, our prop, our prop, assessed property value keeps going up by the max amount every year. Yeah. So the state says the county's worth less, but the county says our property's worth more. I mean, I, I'm not a rocket scientist, <laughs> but I, you know, if the county is devaluing the, if the state is devaluing the county, then my property value should go down. Yes, not the other way around. But if you are running the same ideas that fail time you know decade after decade yes well you have to keep raising property values so that property taxes can go up yeah and you can you know because we need a 5.5 million dollar county barn we you know we need all these dumb things no one's going to get a chance to vote for because they're afraid people will vote it down they don't care yes you know and this is this is where the the parties at both parties are at 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 a county state and federal level it's about them, you know. I don't know. Are they getting kickbacks yeah. from the construction companies? I mean, we know. I mean, you you can look at all the stuff uh, that politicians do at a federal level, and you know they're getting kickbacks. Sure, I'm sure state level they're getting kickbacks. Uh, I would I would only assume that if you know county officials are pushing for things that they know the people don't want and spending millions of dollars that somebody's palms are getting greased. There, yeah, there, there's I mean, going to be some reason that happens. So the example of uh, of trying to bridge that divide and, and not do the, the same tired of thing. We live in a community, as an example to all those listening from not Winchester Randolph County, where we had one single man who was mayor of a community for 30 years. Now, 
I'm not talking ill of him. I'm not saying great things. I'm saying nobody should be mayor of a community for 30 years because what happens is you get stagnant. People say, oh, Mayor Fowler was mayor from like 1980 to 2000. And everyone by probably like 95 is like, shit, Fowler's got it. We don't need to care. Or Fowler's messing it up. We don't need to care. By that time, it's just like it's the Stepford community where everything's just plugging along. Nobody asks no questions. That's why it's such a problem when somebody starts asking questions because this is what goes on. But to show that talking about why people, you know, people won't sit down and talk to me or whatever... I'll, I'll be the first person to say I would tone down my rhetoric. I would be willing to compromise. And I have also proven history of that. I have went after because of record, because of what she's done, and because of various things in the last four years. Almost nobody harder than Winchester, District 4 Counselor Lisa Friend. I have praised her during that four-year period, but I have been a pretty outspoken against her. But I have seen a shift in her thinking. I, I've had communications with her, and I have seen her action in the last several, several meetings, the last several months, and I can see in her a situation where I believe She's come into her own as an official and realized that she was being, for lack of a better word, taken advantage of, or maybe what was being promised to her as, as an official from the mayor wasn't exactly accurate and that it was leading them down a bad path. So I have actually switched and I'm supporting her now. The same way, and I'll say in Delaware County, back before the primary, I was supportive of Muncie City Councilor Nora Powell for re-election. And then I realized things didn't appear as what they seemed to be, and now I'm absolutely campaigning against her. So I'm not just bullheaded and this is my thoughts. I am willing to say my thoughts can change. I am willing to examine my thoughts and reevaluate and when I'm wrong I'm self say I'm wrong I just not happened to be very wrong in the last four years specifically in our community here in Winchester I've been right far more than I've been wrong I'm willing to walk your way you know you start walking mine we'll meet in the middle uh, under that old Georgia pine I guess but I'll work that way but I feel like our officials are unwilling to do that and that's why, if they're not willing to do that, we need to remove those people, and the citizens need to wake up. And how do we? How do you feel like we can get? We we live in a community where, in just a month ago, only 116 people cast votes in the Democrat race in Winchester for mayor. That is, and only 420 people cast their votes in the Republican. That's 500 people cast their vote in Winchester. Out of 3,500 registered voters, mm -hmm. what do we do to wake the other 3,000 people up? I I used to be an optimistic person when it came to politics. Um, I, I, I thought there are a lot of good politicians out there. The problem is they're quiet. Uh, there's a lot of candidates who would be great politicians, 
they will never get that opportunity because they they weren't born in the right family. They don't have the type of money. The party isn't going to back them because they don't because they have balls and they'll buck the system. In today's politics and, and for the last I don't know 20, 30 years or longer, you know it's who you know and who you blow. It, well, <laughs> that but you have to walk the party line. You're told how to vote. It's not the elected officials in D.C. that hold the power. It's that person that comes up and hands you a little piece of paper that tells you how you're going to vote on this next bill. Um, well, and, you know, and, and that cost and, Donald and this is, last election. Yes, it did. I know, and I didn't vote for Joe Donnelly because of that, because I, I wanted a constitutionalist in there. I don't want somebody changing the Constitution for you know far-left ideals. I want a purist. This country was founded on the Constitution. But he comes it's, from an area where they're mostly moderate Democrats. Well, and you, he voted the but hard see, but that line. goes to yeah. your that goes to bridging the, the divide. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't you Republican or Democrat, both parties to me are just as corrupt. And until they figure out, you know, you know, I don't give a shit about what the Republicans think on the far right. I don't give a shit what the far left thinks. They, they make themselves sound stupid every day. They bring it out of themselves. But the majority of the people, us, the, the middle of the road, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you know, we want a budget passed every year. Yes. Your, you know, Congress's function, their number one priority, the only reason they exist is to control the purse strings and they can't pass a budget because they're all, they, they all, they're fighting for whatever their earmarks or whatever they pig fat bacon yes all that shit the middle people don't care about that crap they care about you doing your damn job and taking care of us the taxpayer the americans who were born raised here and pay your enormous salary the majority i would almost say the majority of the country is pulling away from both parties yeah because of because of that you know we'll we have to pay for this. We have to pay for that. No, see, the government doesn't pay for anything. We pay, we for, pay for that. Yeah. So you can have your bleeding heart syndrome all day long. Just don't use my money to do it. And that's you know, trying to stay with the bridging the divide. The parties themselves are dividing them. They're dividing themselves from the majority of the people in, in their shenanigans. But, but trying to get local people to get out and vote in local I, um, elections. I don't I, think... I, 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 I used to be optimistic about this, uh, but I'm not anymore. I think in Randolph County specifically, Lynn is going to have to disappear. Farmland is going to have to disappear. Saratoga is going to have to disappear. Ridgeville is going to have to disappear. Winchester is going to blow away. We're going to have to go down to less than 10,000 people in the county. Before people but wake up. by the time that people wake up, the, the only people left are the ones who always vote. Yeah, right, right. The, because I everyone else will have... Everyone yeah. else would have uh, broke camp and and yeah. followed well, it's, the it's money. One percent, one point six percent leaving the county every year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the hey. People vote with their feet and moving trucks and boxes before they vote. Well, because the people, they, what's the number one reason people move? To be closer to their to family jobs. or jobs. Yeah, Contrary yeah. to what they said in that little round table thing we had in Union City. Oh yeah. If they if they would have done their homework and seen the most recent data, the most recent data is the number two. The two top reasons why people move is to be closer to family and jobs. And they said as they people as because as they said on there, as we know, people don't move for move for jobs. They'll well, maybe for maybe work. ten years ago that was true. Yeah. But it's not today. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I mean, I don't know. You you drive forty five minutes, thirty five minutes to work. I drive thirty five minutes to work. I I don't know if you've ever counted that up. I'm in the car seven hours a week. That's a full day of work. 
If a work hour, if a, well, if a work day is eight hours and you get an hour lunch, uh, eight hours a day, I'm in the car 35 minutes in the morning and 35 minutes in the evening. And I work six days a week. Granted, not everybody works six days a week. And that equals seven hours a week that I am in the car. And, um, you know, I, I love I love what I do, um, but I would love to do it 10 yeah. minutes away. I'd love to do it in Winchester. Well, Winchester used to have what I do, but... And here's where, here's where the what the they don't they don't under people don't understand when they they have their blinders on and I think at, at the local level they have their blinders on yeah um, some people's blinders have been lifted by the FBI you know, I'm, <laughs> but uh, you know you start figuring up uh, property taxes in Jay County are I would pay three or four hundred dollars a year less in property taxes well. They're raising our property values again, so you know next year our property taxes will go up. Well, now I'm paying for five hundred dollars more a year living in Ralph County. I'm paying 08 percent more on county tax. I'm paying one percent more in city tax. Um, they're the building a they're building a bike yes. trail, and they're you know. Wait, what did you say? Oh, well, then you've got all the money that you spend on gas driving back and forth. Yeah. Oh, Portland yes, 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 yes. And then you look yeah. at what, the, what, what, is, what is my hometown where I grew up doing? Well, they want to build a bike trail. Um, they don't want to have anything to do with local businesses. Uh, we're not bringing in any industry. And I'm not talking about $10 an hour, $10 an hour jobs. That doesn't, that, that, that doesn't cut it um, when you, because everywhere else around here is paying upward. Now it's getting into $17, $18 an hour. Yeah. Um, to start out in a factory, yeah. because is the, the law of supply and demand. There are more jobs than there are people. So if I want decent workers, I have to pay them more, and that's where we're at now. And is the beauty of the economy. But you don't think that so, the new, uh, you know, the, so, the, the third auto part shop within a mile radius, no, and the fourth gas station in a mile radius, is is a good economic development step. No, no I think it's just a narrow-minded, narrow-minded. Um, same old, same old. Well, I have heard. I have and, heard. And they can pat themselves on the back because they did bring more jobs to Randolph County. <laughs> I and I have heard the currently to to use just a hometown example again, the local drug rehabilitation facility, the Winchester House, ran by the multi-million, possibly billion-dollar. They company, are a billion dollar. The Volunteers of America, who decides to not push any money our way but they are a massive fundraising machine um, but yet they want to suck every dime out of Winchester possible um, they have brought 30 jobs to Winchester now 66% of those jobs are I have just recently heard 66% of 30 of those jobs so are of Winchester, Randolph County, eight, yeah, eighteen point seven or whatever. Yep, twenty people are from Winchester, Randolph County. I will give them props for that, but those are the. I guarantee you, they can hide the numbers. They can do what they want. Those twenty jobs are the twenty lowest paying jobs. Yeah, well, that's yeah. So I don't. You can say jobs all day long. So you talk about the drug rehab. You talk about the. the the, the, the fourth gas station <laughs> uh, 
or the third auto parts store that I have no, I mean, because as soon as those come in, you're like, well, who's going to go out of business next? Because yeah. there's not enough money floating around this town to support three <laughs> auto parts months. stores or four gas stations. I mean, that's like, you know, most people buy their gas. If you work outside of Winchester, you buy your gas somewhere else because it's so expensive here. Yes. Um, so when you talk about job creation, and I got on this years ago when... Um, you know, the Bushes and Obama and all them talk about job creation. I don't look at jobs created it's mis- or misleading. Uh, I don't care about fast food jobs or low-paying jobs. So when you create jobs, if you're going to spend a million dollars of taxpayer money to bring something here, if those jobs don't pay over $15 an hour, if they don't have a 401k or some kind of a retirement plan, if they don't provide... Insurance. insurance that's not a job it's not a job that is not a job you yeah. cannot support a family you can't support yourself on those you know any other type of job you have to make enough money to pay your bills and have a little extra you have to have some kind of retirement plan for the future you have to have health insurance and if those the jobs you're bringing in don't provide those then you're not really providing a service for the citizens you're not in- increasing their standard of living and as by you saying, Kate, 1.6% of the county leaves every year, that, I mean, that's a huge indicator to what the, the political uh, well, if you're parties gonna- are doing in the county, and that is nothing. Yes. And people are running. Because as everywhere else around us is, is growing and industry's moving in, that's where they're going. You're going to follow the money. People follow the money. Well, if you're yeah. going to call those, you know, $10 an hour, no insurance, no 401k, you know, not full time. If you're going to call that a job, that's just so you can pat yourself on the back. Yeah, right. Look what I did. Yeah. I, you, there has to be a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Across the board where we're doing everything we can to bring up the standard. I, I think mayors in cities should make the median income. Yes. And you don't get a pay raise. Yeah. Until the median income of your town goes up. Yes. You know, talking about bridging the divide, you want the people to come back to the parties. Why can't both parties work together at a federal, state, and local level? You know, be, because regardless of who wrote the bill or did what, you know, if you if you had your hand in putting something together good, and you voted for it, and running your next camp, your next next reelection on look look what we did, we voted for this. We we got this um, uh, you know this jobs act or we brought we through our actions in Congress or the state or the county we brought X amount of industry in we brought you know X amount of twenty dollar an hour plus jobs with insurance and, and all these benefits these this is why you should vote for me is because this is what I have done not what everyone else hasn't done yeah including you because right. you were there yeah. And you voted no, just like everyone else. Yeah. You know. Or voted yes on a big spending bill for something ridiculous. You know, yeah. One of my favorite presidents is Andrew Jackson, who's chastised today. Uh, but I love Andrew Jackson because he didn't have a college degree. Yeah. He is the only president that balanced the budget and had a zero deficit. He he did do the Trail of Tears, but I respect him for that because even he didn't agree with the Trail of Tears. But he said, "This is what the people want." There is a politician who. Balanced the budget, had a zero deficit, 
the country owed no money. What would the dollar value of the dollar be today if we had a zero yeah, right. deficit? That's not even something I mean, that we can you fathom. Could, you could make ten dollars an hour and live on it yeah, because right. the value of the, the purchasing power of the dollar would be five or ten times what it is now. Yeah, right. Oh, I saw something great that was talking about uh, bridging the divide and working together, and it was talking about. $22 trillion in debt. You only get there through bipartisanship. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that is that, that does seem to be what everybody's, and that's whether it's you're on the federal level or the state level or, or the local, local level. level. Everybody's willing to work, meaning everybody, the powers that be, are willing to work to hurt us, or which, yeah. which means hurt us. Is, it helps them, but it hurts us. Their actions, their thoughts... Well, but they're not willing to do what's what's right by us. So it comes. It, it all goes to common sense. We need we need Democrats and Republican candidates that are normal people. What did uh, Ralph Nader say? If you want to see Washington run right, fill it with blue collar workers. Yeah. Uh, you know, because this they they talked about getting rid of the Department of Education, the Federal Department of Education, Federal Department of Education. I think their budget is sixty or sixty five. Uh, billion dollars a year or something. None of that money ever sees a school. They, it's all done at administrative levels. So, I mean, to me, I was like, well, screw it, get rid of them. Yeah. Save ourselves 60, give every, or it's 55 billion, I think is what it is. Give every state a billion dollars towards education. Save the government $5 billion, get rid of them. Now every state has a billion dollar education fund yeah. on top of what they already have. Yeah. And you save $5 billion just by getting rid of a bunch of dumbasses who have way too many degrees who are spending $55 billion a year and doing absolutely nothing but creating stupid tests that don't do anything for my children. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, or their entire educational program is centered around passing those tests to make sure that the school can get their next year's budget oh. filled. Yeah. And then, They're not taught to think. But getting back to bringing involvement in local politics, I think even at a local level, local, state, federal level, I think people have kind of an attitude of apathy because they see what's going on and they see that politicians don't care. They're going to do what they want to do and they're not there to help the people. Whereas if you got people into office who were there to help the people, to help the economy, to bring in jobs, to do what's right, people would get out to vote. Yeah. They would talk to that guy who works at the gas station yeah. and lives in a crappy house and drives a beater car and just barely ekes by. But he has something he wants to say to the mayor, and he feels comfortable enough to walk into his office and lay out his chest. You're an elected official. That's your job is to listen to people. There are whole your your whole thing during your tirade in front of the city council you know your job is to listen to people you know thomas jefferson didn't give you a choice john adams didn't give you a choice and you're absolutely right you, you don't have a choice as a politician you have to be willing to talk to everyone regardless of the letter next to their name yeah. what their attitude is i mean if they're getting belligerent and violent yeah, right, of course sure. I, yeah. then you call the police right but if somebody's rationally talking to you and wants to have a heart to heart it shouldn't yeah. matter what their political persuasion Rob is. Kendall didn't give you a choice. Uh, I bring up Rob Kendall, who's a uh, producer and a radio personality on a radio program, uh, several radio programs out of Indianapolis. Before he did that, was an elected official in the town of Brownsburg. He was a town council, and he said for four years, twice a month, he let the citizens of Brownsburg or anybody that attended that meeting stand up and call him everything but 
a white man, and that was their right to do. If they wanted to praise him, they praised him. If they wanted to curse him, they cursed him because that's what he did. And we need folks that see themselves in that position now. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to probably get uh, chastised by the uh, masked Avenger out there because um, I, I was going to try not to, to bring it up in this uh, episode, and I didn't in episode 14. But I was arrested for speaking in a council meeting. And I wasn't even speaking. I said something stupid. It was three seconds I was arrested. You were escorted out, speaking to Niall Thornburg, you were escorted out of a council meeting. Right now in the city of Muncie, we see them bringing up ordinances that they made to keep the councilor that's bringing the ordinance up quiet when she wasn't on the council this ordinance was made to stop her from chastising the then mayor McShirley, Sharon McShirley at the time. This counselor was was giving her a rough time at her mayor meet and greets. And so they made this ordinance and it's been dormant and non-existent for the last since 2008 and now they're bringing it up because the citizens of Muncie now they surely like our citizens didn't show it at the polls. But they're claiming to be tired of the bullshit and the corruption. And so they are coming out and exposing things and asking questions. And you've got council members who are unwilling to answer questions, who don't understand optics. You know, you sit there and stare at me when I ask you a question four different months in a row. That looks bad on you. You're Just answer the question and be done and move on with it. Well, and here's the other thing. It, it goes back to talking to people who have different views than yeah. you. How are you going to learn? How are you going to grow? How are you going to be a better official Yeah. if you're only going to listen to opinions that agree with everything that you're doing? Yeah. If you're not willing to listen to criticism, how can you be a better governing official? You can't because you're not going to learn anything and you're not going to grow. I go back to a history lesson. You know, before the Civil War, it was all about the states. You didn't identify as an American. You defended, yes. identified as a Virginian, a Tennessee. You know, you're a volunteer. You, you're a Hoosier. You're a Buckeye. You defend, identified yes. as a state. And people took state pride and and sit, you know and local pride and it was it was all about you know your local government whether that be state or county and that's where people focused on the, the federal government was smaller had less control over our daily lives like it's supposed to be so they focused on local and it, i think you know like you were talking about how do we get people back into local politics and getting involved uh, one bringing pride back people say they're proud of Winchester people say they love Winchester I mean to, if you love Winchester if you're proud of Winchester then let's then stand up and and let's let's fix it starting with the people we put in office um, and if the party isn't is, isn't putting the right person in then, then let's let's get in some write-in votes um, I think how you know state legislators could turn the turn things around if they chose to if of course it would have to be in their benefit they are politicians um instituting a, a state law for a vote of no confidence yes give people the feeling like that they have power the power that they are entitled to under the constitution and to voice their opinion and if that be 
we have we've made a mistake. We voted in the wrong person, and this person is really you know screwing the pooch, fucking the dog. Yeah. Then we can vote them out if we can get enough signatures. If we can get you know we need eight hundred votes, we need fifty percent of the registered voters to sign it. We can get eight hundred votes. We can get rid of you know ding dong, and and start over again. Yeah. Um, well, and, uh, yeah. And that's what it's going to have to take. Now, if state legislators and politicians at the state level want to continue down this path where they can, you know, almost act with impunity because there's little to no recourse other than the ballot box that citizens have unless they break a federal law and the FBI comes in to investigate them, (laughs) um, you know, it's hard to get people motivated in a system where... You know, they're not hurt. They feel like there's no power. Uh, you know, we fought a war to have our own country where we, where the people had the power, and we have almost become what we fought to get away from. That's absolutely well, and I, I'll tell you um, that you know that's that is very scary, and you know that's why they definitely put in there and said you know when it stops not working. You know, when this stops not working, it's it's not you shouldn't maybe get together and do it. You know, it's not maybe a nice idea. It's your duty to to tear it down and start again. Now, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily um, advocating revolution and picking up arms and going nuts and crazy, but let's you know we, we need to start doing something. That's that's you people know people need to get up and get involved. The point of all of this, as it's been from day one, when this wasn't even a thing it was just me trying to get citizens involved that comes back to what it's going to be every time in every episode that my goal is whether you live in winchester or lynn or muncie or houston texas or if you live in fort myers beach florida if if you're able to listen to this and you're listening to this it doesn't matter where you live you're an american citizen who is a citizen of your state and definitely a citizen of the city, county, or territory, burg, or town that you live in, you should take pride in that. I I always say that, you know, if I go outside and I mow my yard and I pick up my sticks, I'm doing my part. Maybe the neighbors next to me, that might encourage them to do the same, and that might encourage the whole street to do that. And it's just bettering yourself and bettering the community on a micro level to to give a quick shout out to my brother-in-law trevor he gave me a book one time that's just absolutely great by an author called peter k gama the book is called for the love of cities and and it's a it's an amazing book but we need to teach folks people need to it's, it's like it's like being married to somebody for 20 years you know that spark is going to kind of maybe go out but we need to figure out ways to reignite that passion and to get you in love and to get you involved am i asking citizens to go out in the community and attend 15 meetings in their community and you know become a pain in the ass to the five communities around them by attending like i do i'm certainly not asking somebody to do that pick up the the agenda to your board of works meeting. Pick up the agenda to your council meeting. Attend a ca- one council meeting a month, one council meeting every every quarter. 
Talk to your local official. Talk to your school board. Get involved in the community in some way and help do your part. I know people that play Fortnite 14 hours a day. Uh, you know, I'm in the car seven hours. You know, I could use that time, which I do, to make a phone call to an official or to, to you on know. On a hands-free device, things like obviously. That. Obviously on a hands-free device. Please, nobody pull me over. Uh, I am on a hands-free device. Um, but that's that's my beef. My, my thing is uh, I want to grab citizens out there uh, by the collar, figuratively speaking. Nobody come to my house. Uh, shake them and say, wake the hell up. We are crashing into the GD mountain and we're burning in a fiery flames. And if we don't, if we don't do something, it would, the city government is worse than a cruise ship. You don't turn it on a dime. We're where we at because in our community specifically, we had a mayor for 30 years and that just whole decline of craziness occurred and people stopped caring and giving a shit. We need to start working now for 20 years from now or I don't know what we'll have. So that's my last word. I'll give you each a last thought or last word. And I want to say before with that, I appreciate you guys talking with me. I definitely appreciate you guys helping write and research for the shows. And uh, I do want to uh, tell everyone out there listening, we're talking to Niles and Kate Thornburg, who I have affectionately been calling the vulgar poets, the producers for the show, but I'll give you guys the last word. I don't know, 20 years of marriage and you lose the passion. You still like me, Thornburg? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Depends on the day of the week. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, as I said, it's really about citizens becoming involved and educating themselves and talking to people regardless of political persuasion. You have to learn, you have to grow, and unless you're going to hear and listen and embrace the idea that other people think differently than you, you're not going to grow and it's going to be stagnant and we're going to continue to be at loggerheads in our own communities. And yes. we can't afford that. We have families that are struggling. We have people leaving, and not necessarily in droves, but in a county this size, 1.6% is fairly significant yeah. every year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's important to work at that local level and talk to other people and be willing to listen really listen and not just go oh well you know he's a republican or he's a jerk yeah or i've heard that he's a jerk or you know he doesn't have any money or he's not from the right family or did you hear what he did last week he doesn't go to church every week uh you can't, he's not from here yeah he's he didn't grow up here um i didn't grow up here i grew up in a little amish town up in northeast ohio but you leave that, you go out and you talk to people and you learn. And that's a big thing that's missing here in, in small town America. People are so consumed by the letter next to their name. And it's a shame. It's a damn shame. They're a nice person. Oh, that's my yes. favorite. Or, well, that's the way it's always been. Yeah. And it's worked out so well for us. Yes. <clears throat> well, I don't go to church every Sunday. I go to Mass. I just, I would, in order to fix these things, we need to be looking for leaders. You get people in office who, uh, they, it's all about them. They are now important. They have a position of authority and it goes straight to their head. They are not a leader. They're lucky. Uh, they just happen to win the vote. You know, a leader is someone who, the, the position is not about them. It's about the job they have 
it doesn't matter about recognition. They're only concerned with doing the best that they can at their job. That is a leader. Whether they're chastised or they're praised, it's irrelevant. Every day they wake up, they look in the mirror, and they like the person they see. They, they know they're doing the right thing. They don't ask but it's, people it's, to do the they, yes, things they won't do themselves. It's, it's all about the job and what they should be doing. That is a leader. There's a lot of leaders in, in rural America. There's a lot of leaders in Winchester that are quiet, stay in the back shadows. Those type of people need to start running for office. Yes. Step up. Say, hey, you know what? I don't like what the county commissioners are doing. I don't like what the four horsemen of the apocalypse are doing. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't like what the mayor's doing, the city council. I am going to run for office because I feel I have something to offer the position. I think I can do a good job. <laughs> and we need people around them who know people like that to talk them into running for office. Because the parties aren't doing it. Yeah. The party leadership isn't doing it, which is a shame, too. It, it is a, a, a huge shame. It, you know, let's... To, to, to me, is the, the party is it's, let's, the next shiny. What can we, who can we grab that will gain attention and possibly fill that seat with a D or an R? They don't care if they're qualified. They don't care if they suck. They don't care if they're a dumbass. They just care that this person fits what's trending now and they can suck up a seat. Yes. And that is why we're in the mess we're in. Oh, or he's got a D next to his name and he happens to have the right last name. Yes, yes. Well, that or it's almost looked as and, though... And this is a small community, so you don't have a lot of people coming in and you've had families that have been here for 200 years. I get that. But just because you're from a family that's been here for 200 years doesn't mean you have... You know, you know your ass from your elbow. Absolutely. That or the fact that how the founding fathers looked at, at elected life being that you're a farmer, you're a lawyer, you're a cop, you're, you're a mechanic, you're a car salesman, you're, you're whatever, and you run for your city council, you run for your mayor, you run for your county coroner's office or count whatever and you do your time you maybe run for state representative or you do what you do and then you go back to life they look specifically in small communities throughout east central indiana it's seen as though you live a life and then if you're good enough and you're pure enough and you're of enough stature then as your crowning achievement we put you in as council, city council at large, after you've been the most wonderfulest librarian in the world. Then you're allowed to be a city councilor at large, and it's the cherry on top of the end of your career cycle. And that's something for you to set back and tell your friends when you were 80. You know, I helped bring the Winchester drug rehabilitation here, or, or whatever. Not because you had any experience or really cared about the position, but that's because that's just what happens. Or you're using it as a stepping stone to the next level. Or you're using it as a stepping stone to the next level. For yourself, <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the greatest things I was ever told, uh, tell about politicians and all this craziness, was uh, one of, it's actually my first platoon sergeant in the Army. He said, you know, when it's not fun anymore, you just need to walk away. And at 15 years in the military, he left. No pension, no nothing. He just didn't like it anymore. And, um, I think you know it goes with, it goes along with a lot of types of jobs. That would be whether you're a cop or a firefighter. When you just don't enjoy it anymore, you need to walk away. It's the same as a politician. When you're when you're not when it becomes a burden, it's not you're not out there 
acting in the best interest of the people who elected you, you need to walk away. No, when you're not excited about what you're doing anymore. Yes. Yeah. I don't think so much well, that when it's you're, something when, you enjoy. I think more along the lines but of But when you're not excited or you don't enjoy it anymore, you're not performing the functions that you were elected for. Whether that's be you don't run again or you walk away from the office. Once you stop benefiting the people who elected you, once you stop acting in the best interest of the people who put you in that position, you need to walk away. And I think every politician needs to think about that. Yes. When, because you're, when your party line becomes more important than your personal convictions. There are two types of people in the world, and I, will, I believe this to the end of my days. You're either part of the problem or part of the solution. And if you're not part of the solution, you need to go away. <laughs> my mother had a different way of putting it. She said there's yeah. two kinds of people in the world, assholes and people worth getting to know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, very good. I, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap her up there. I appreciate you guys uh, talking with us, and, and maybe depending on how this uh, episode is received, maybe this is something we can start doing. Um, uh, you know, once every couple weeks or a couple months or something like that. I, th- I think that this has been a productive discussion, and I hope that uh, everyone out there uh, enjoys uh, this episode. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll leave her there. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Chris. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, sports fans. Well, that's going to just about do it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out for that incredibly engaging conversation between Niles, Kate, and I. You might have liked it. You might have hated it. Please let me know by giving me some comments and feedback on my Facebook page where I post this at, which is Christopher H. Bilbury. That's where you can find me on Facebook. Please send me emails at khbilbury at gmail.com or, as always, call or text the show at 765-546-9796. Thank you very much for listening at perception.fireside.fm. Please, please, please listen, like, subscribe, and share the show. That's the most important thing that you can do besides listening. Until next time... I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you on the weekend. This has been Christopher Bilbury, along with producers Niles and Kate, for Perception is Reality. God bless. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is, is reality. Reality. 
This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.